0: Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And the first question I will ask is, Lindsay, how are you holding up?
1: I've been doing really well. That's good. Yeah, I am on the up and up right now. As you guys know, if you've been listening week by week, um, I'm pretty cyclical, I think, in my depression. (laughs) And right now I am out. Um, I'm also caffeinated, so if I talk really fast, that is why. My hands are sweaty, my feet are sweaty.
0: (laughs) We're all charming in this room today. (laughs)
1: How are you, Chris?
0: I'm recovering from a weekend filled with debauchery and fun times with friends. So I would say I'm a good 5 out of 10. I'm, 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 I'm like halfway to being pretty good. Uh, I'm also caffeinated, but uh, for completely different reasons. It is the only thing keeping me upright right now. Uh, that said, sorry for the lack of an episode last week, gang. We we definitely got hit pretty hard by the holiday shenanigans yes. uh, that were going on in both of our lives. Family is demanding, and you know how, how that is. So this week we decided that we're going to talk about trust
1: yes which is a very difficult and complicated topic i think for everyone um
0: this was actually a uh an episode that was suggested by a listener so yeah thank you thank you so much for that
1: thank you for giving us uh, a difficult task (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, no. This is great. This will be good. No, this is something that we both have kind of tried to figure out how to talk about, but yes. it's really like, we're, we're equipped now. We're ready for this. Yes. So the first thing we want to go over is like, what is trust? Right. And, and trust is that kind of... It's a difficult thing to really explain because it's not something that comes intrinsically for some people. Some people, it's it's more of a learned behavior that we go through the measures of life by hoping that we can trust other people and entrust them with our hearts and our minds and our feelings.
1: I also wonder if we aren't taught how to trust people by our parents or family At early stages, you know, like how much do they trust you Mm. and how they taught you how to trust others. If you're taught from an early age to be wary of everybody, I mean, Mm. that's going to be super impactful.
0: Stranger danger.
1: I think trust is inherently a really dynamic process. I don't think we're supposed to just trust people.
0: No, definitely not.
1: Um, I know that there's a lot of, there's different steps to it. I was watching a TED talk on it and it was interesting that they've done so many studies and, you know, human experiments mm-hmm. of how to create trust and how trust is developed. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I have a lot of... They say, well, you have trust issues. Don't we all have trust issues? <laughs> <laughs> like, shouldn't you have trust issues? I don't know.
0: We've all kind of been raised to uh, <clears throat> have some degree of suspicion
1: yeah, of which we other
0: people. Uh, I mean, it's it comes from that kind of old-world mentality of, oh, here comes strangers. Are they going to loot and pillage our land? Are they going yeah. to take what's ours? We must be on the defensive for marauders. Nowadays, though, there are fewer Vikings.
1: So <laughs> Less it... Vikings, but more <laughs> emotional serpents.
0: Yes, I would... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so, so it comes down to, for me, like... I was raised in an atmosphere that was very much in tune with there are certain people you can trust and certain people you can't. And for the most part, hilariously enough, I learned not to trust literally half of my family mm-hmm. through that because I was told "I was told very specifically, don't trust your uncles. <laughs> ah. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I learned firsthand through various circumstances yeah don't trust those fuckers
1: and that's how you create walls
0: that's how you create amazing <laughs> walls that will <laughs> very much put everyone at a nice arms distance at least
1: when i was growing up at a very young age my parents got divorced or, or separated i was three and i was i guess they did the best that they could in trying to minimize our trauma emotional trauma from it i think they did tried, Uh, I know that I was told that they went to a therapist to say, how do we tell the children? Well, the therapist decided to tell them, tell the children everything so that the children won't take it um, or, yeah, they won't interpret it as their fault because I guess kids often would blame themselves. Yeah. So I was told that uh, one of the parents cheated on the other that, you know, and what that meant and what sex was. At three.
0: Well, that was fast. So
1: um, I learned at a very young age that people who can love you the most and be part of your family can completely betray you. Mm -hmm. And then I watched the next many years of the horror that followed. So trust was also not a really... um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I was a child of divorce as well. (laughs) I, I I had a completely opposite experience to yours in that... My parents divorced um, strictly for financial reasons. Yeah. It was it was simply it was simply a, a an issue of they both were in a lot of debt. They both could by their credit scores combined. Basically, it was it was difficult mm-hmm. to do any sort of financial planning or anything. And my father had a dream, and he wanted to become a motorcycle mechanic. And the only school that he could go to that would really fulfill that was all the way in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So they separated. And I believe divorced, and it, I I was kind of I was kind of explained to that my parents both loved each other, but circumstances prevented this from continuing the way it was. Mm-hmm. So for various reasons, money was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, things had to change, and so my dad went away, and I saw him a handful of times between when my parents separated and when he died.
1: But there was a lot of love there. Yeah, there was there was no respect.
0: There was no doubt in my mind, at least, that my parents would have gotten back together yeah. had my dad not died. Right. So yeah. it's it's a it's two sides of a very difficult coin there. Which I think we could do an episode on divorce.
1: Yes. Oh
0: boy, could we do an episode on <laughs> divorce? But that's 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 another topic for another time. But trust. Trust in that. Uh, I I learned very quickly that you know. I could trust my grandparents and I could mm-hmm. trust my mom. Um, strangers were a weird topic because mm-hmm. my my family mostly grew up in like kind of rural areas where everybody knew everybody and none of them were really raised in the idea of a city scape where there are actual dangers out there and there are people who will take advantage of naivete. So you kind of have to have a defensive shield in that kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. compared to a small town but i could be very much mistaken on that as well cuz small towns everybody talks
1: i mean there's always yeah it's a different kind i guess yeah
0: if... it's it's a different kind of thing where trust has to be developed so right how do you develop trust with somebody
1: i think i think it takes a long time i uh, I don't know if it was this... I wanted so badly when I was growing up to just trust people and to be very close to them very fast. Mm-hmm. And so I would maybe misplace my trust and um, mm-hmm. and and ended up fighting me in the butt. Uh, even in my 20s, I would jump into things maybe too fast. But what I've learned looking back is it just takes... It does. It takes time. It takes time and it takes... You messing up, and the other person messing up, and there being communication and forgiveness. And if you Mm -hmm. can't forgive, and then build on that. And and I'm not saying, like, oh, I forgive you, and then, like, still resenting them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, completely lovingly forgiving that person. And forgiveness doesn't have to be in a day. That can take weeks.
0: It can take months. months. You know,
1: sometimes years. But... It, if it does happen, I mean, that really does build a sort of foundation mm-hmm. where like that person, like my best friend, I know no matter what happens, no matter how mad she is at me or how hurt she, if I need her, she will 100% be there for me.
0: Which is fantastic. Yeah. There are, there are very few people in my life that I've got that kind of trust with. I have a, like a very strict handful yeah. Of people that I'm like, if I need something or if I'm in trouble, I can call them, 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 and them.
1: And they'll drop everything. And, and they,
0: they will drop everything them. and yeah. be like, I'm there. Yeah. Let's do this. Because I've had plenty of people in the past that I put that kind of trust into. And they would either betray me or break that trust in some way that I would go, oh, well, shit. There yeah. goes that. I, 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 For the longest time, I was scared of calling people my best friend. Because, because of multiple instances where my so-called best friend would, I would break up with somebody, and then they would immediately or very shortly afterward get with that <gasps> ex of mine.
1: Oh my gosh! Twice
0: that happened to me. So that's so so heartbreaking. That that that's like that's one of those things where like, and neither time really was it like communicated yeah. properly. It was always just kind of a I found out. Oh, you found out. Okay. All right, well, that's happening then. Oh, my God. So, you know, when you develop trust like that, it's that thing where I have very few people that I would call best friend because now that name, that nickname has, like... It
1: gives, like, this connotation. It has
0: that horrible connotation of, like, okay, I'm going to not call them that, but they are a very close, trusted friend.
1: Yes. I have that with romantic partners. Mm. So, um almost every romantic partner I've had when I was younger, who I was deeply, you know, intimate with and connected to cheated on me. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing quite like giving what you feel like is everything and telling them everything in your body and getting over your weird issues and like trusting them and then having them go to somebody else and have a like their needs met with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of, betrayal is so devastating. So I think, um, and as I've gotten older, and I'm just trusting, like, going in the dating scene and being ghosted.
0: Yeah. Like, just, oh, just
1: trying sure. to even create a trust with somebody who you're just trying to get to know. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, we're really getting along. We've gone on a couple of dates, and I'm we're kind, finally I'm connecting to somebody. This is nice. And then they're just, oh, they're just going to completely stop talking to me as though I never existed. I mean, trust, and I think a lot of uh, the listeners have mentioned trust issues with their romantic partners and stuff. I mean, it's so common and, and difficult to navigate. I think yeah. I uh, was raised, uh, sorry to interrupt no, you, but no. like, because I was raised knowing about cheating at a very young age and then being taught, well, you have to spy, literally told to spy on my partner <laughs> and trained how to commute, like watch my part, like test your partner. And this is what you say. And this is what you do and put them in certain sort cer- to see if they're trustworthy. You know I mean? <laughs> like, So I just didn't grow up with a healthy uh, roadmap of how to be a loving, trusting partner ever. It was either a game or it was something that I was just trying to fill my need and and create something really fast, this, like, fast intimacy that wasn't even real. And then,
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I had no idea about that. Uh, Just knowing about cheating from a young age is already such a, it's a hurdle to get over. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like... It's, that's opening pandora's box of possibilities of well okay if that's a if that's such a common occurrence yeah then how do you even begin to start developing trust in that
1: that's the thing is i you know i know my sister was really sweet and saying you know your experiences are not the normal the fact that you've been cheated on like this much it's it's not because no. i was having of course troubles then like i don't want to date because I don't want to become intimate with somebody and then have them cheat on me. Mm -hmm. Or I would date somebody who was lovely and then the anxiety that I would get of like, well, any moment now, they're going to cheat on me. And then I would create these scenarios that would push them away from me when they would seek friendships outside. And then they wouldn't tell me stuff because I was so scared and jealous and controlling. So I'm not a victim in this, I don't think. I I, I think, you know, you do choose. Obviously, it's terrible when someone cheats on you. But if you start having a pattern obviously you're the common denominator then there's something that you're doing like not picking up on the red flags or leaving when you should or taking care of yourself or you're trying to control something like
0: the fool me once shame on you yeah. fool me twice shame on me that that whole dynamic yeah. yeah it's 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 so incredibly it's a minefield of walking through like not just the dating scene but like when you when you start really wanting to get close to people and you want to share those like darker innermost thoughts that's when it gets to be so incredibly (laughs) difficult to navigate because you're like well how far can i can i discuss my weird shit with this person yeah and and usually that comes from a shared trust and an acknowledgement of that shared trust which um you can, like you said, it it starts with uh, that whole forgiveness of yourself. Because mm-hmm. you can go through life knowing that you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and, like, that's, that's, that's all that's in your head. Yeah. Is you're going through life going, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't deserve to be loved or trusted by anybody. Yeah. But then somebody here is going to be going, yeah, you do, though. Yeah. I want to be part of that and they can communicate that to you. You might not even believe that because you're so used to the idea of no, why would anybody want that? So building trust from the get go and developing it can be just as helpful in rebuilding trust once it's broken. Like you said, you know that no matter how angry your best friend and you get at each other or, or whatever, if anything was going wrong, you both would just Drop that. Like, okay, we'll talk about this later. Yes. We've got this to focus on now. Yeah. And that's that's already, like, you both can do the forgiveness game. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic in I, and of itself.
1: I think that's the kind of partnership, whether it's romantic or friendship or whatever, business partnership even, mm-hmm. that you need to strive for is knowing that that person has the best intentions for you and has your back. And really the only way to do that is you have to be honest with them. Yeah. And you have to have very clear boundaries for yourself. Mm. You can't expect somebody else to set up healthy boundaries for you.
0: No. God, no. You know? If anything, if anybody starts setting up boundaries for you, that is a cause for alarm. Yeah. Because then at that point, they're trying to control your life. Yeah. And that that's a whole other issue. Like, again, we could do an episode on boundaries by themselves also. Right. That's, and what
1: those are and what that means. What
0: that means, who, who you should have boundaries for, which pretty much should be everybody
1: oh yeah you should have a you know i know some couples who are like oh we do everything together and we tell each other everything and we just share everything and it's like that's great but what is you know like what is appropriate for like how much is it is are you just trying to not deal with life on your own and you need this other person mm-hmm. to do stuff like at a certain point that's not even i don't think and this is my opinion yeah. is healthy In um, growing to become your own person because how can you be a good partner and have your whole rich full life if you are dependent on this other person to help make you be an adult
0: I agree I I do agree with that because I've spent so many years in relationships where we were two halves
1: yeah and me too
0: and 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 when you when you spend your life being half a person you're you're not feeling as fulfilled as you want to be. You're not feeling like, well, I miss being able to do this, that, or the other thing right. that my other half does not want to yeah. do. Or it might not even be doesn't want to do, they just refuse to do it. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, but this is something important to me. If you guys can come to the conclusion that, you know, you both want things that are important for yourselves that's really important in any relationship. Just the, the the ability to have your own dreams, your own thoughts, your own feelings without having your partner be the one mandating it.
1: And it should feel free. You should feel this enormous sense of relief and freedom to be like, hey, I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. I don't know, building model set trains or something. Sure. and. Your partner may not share that, but they're like, you know what? A hundred percent. I love you. Let's go do this. Like I support you. (laughs) And maybe they don't do it with you every time, but they, they they're never going to tear you down about that. They're not going to. And that's also something building trust of Mm -hmm. she will, or he will support my passions. Mm -hmm. They don't have to share that. Yeah.
0: No. (laughs) So, so this leads us into the next part of, of trust. Um, the, that point where. Should you trust somebody? Right. Or should you keep trusting somebody?
1: Yeah, should you... Or if it's been broken, should you rebuild it?
0: Yeah. This is...
1: This is touchy.
0: Very touchy. Because, like, especially in a relationship, a friendship, romantic, anything, where you really truly care about somebody and they keep hurting you or they keep abandoning you or they keep... Doing things that they might not feel are bad for the relationship, but you feel real shit about. And you need to kind of have that self-evaluation of knowing that, well, yeah, I care about this person and I want them to be in my life, but I might need to put them at an arm's reach for a while, or maybe just not have them in my life at all it's you really have to focus on yourself for that one and it it touches back a few episodes ago on selflessness versus self-interest mm-hmm. this this ties in so completely with with self-interest mm-hmm. and your ability to to truly focus on what's good for you first and foremost
1: and that's something that i know that a lot of us i know i do struggle with especially if you have depression and anxiety it's you're, you're so muddled with what you're feeling and your connections and or just the fact that you feel it's like shit every day and you feel like what's even the point like how do you know who like how do you take that space and, like I don't know if I should like how do you have the strength for it you know what I mean mm-hmm. like how can somebody who's already down in the dumps and has somebody in their life who's toxic how do they get the strength
0: I mean for me it it kind of came down to a matter of I kept seeing this person that I had trusted for years and I kept seeing their pattern of abuse Mm -hmm. and it finally hit a point with me where I had to sit there and go no more. I can't deal with this person doing this to everyone else. I see, let alone me like that's, (laughs) I stuck through this with this person for years and years and years and I just, after a while I, I saw them hurt person after person after person, and I went, fuck, why the hell have I been doing this? Yeah. I've I felt betrayed. I felt misled. I felt manipulated.
1: That's a horrible feeling. And
0: and, and when you get to that point where you, you, you spend so long staring at the trees, you f- fucking forget you're in a forest, and at that point, you you break. You absolutely break. And you break all ties, you break all connections, you just go, no, I'm done, I can fucking move on with my life now. Fuck this. <laughs> so so you, when you've reached that point, and I know plenty of you who are still going through that kind of thing right now, where you might not feel like, well, I don't know, I, I don't want to break off ties with them, or... Uh, you know, if I break off ties with them, then maybe they'll 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 t- they'll poison
1: oh, so the awful. other
0: people in my life. I hate that. Like that's that's a that's a genuine fear of like, well, okay then, if they poison the people in your life against you, then let's be real here, you don't need those people in your life. Yeah, like that is that is such a major thing of like, if somebody will just take hearsay or the opinion of someone even if you trust somebody and they came to you and were like oh my god did you hear that they called you a bitch be like well, what the fuck why yeah you can you, you you have every right to just go up to that person and be like hey so and so said that you called me a bitch or what's going on or something more deep where it's like they they're spreading horrible rumors like you're you're doing yeah. crime or you know whatever it is you can have that honest moment of like well, if they honestly believe that I'm capable of something like that and they don't talk to me about it, I don't need that. I really don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you guys are anything like Chris and I, we really stick with people mm-hmm. for a long time. We really, like, our friendships, our relationships, we, regardless of how painful <laughs> or how, we allow things maybe too long to go on too long. And so getting to a point where you can break it off even before you get to the I'm totally done moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you can start picking up on, okay, my boundary is this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And once they cross it a couple of times, then I'm done. And then you get to a point where if they cross it once, I'm done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how you build your self-respect and your safety. And that's how you trust yourself, yeah. right? Because you start protecting yourself and you can trust yourself to make the right decisions. And thus it will help you trust other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me was do you rebuild trust when someone has cheated on you? So Mm. I watched my family try to rebuild a few times and cheating happened over and over again. And so then that was it. Uh, I had similar experience where I was with somebody who I cared about very much. And I, I think, you know, they cared about me too, but they're messed up. I was messed up and Mm. cheating happened. And it was like, well, we tried, but I could not forgive them. Yeah. And I couldn't let it go. And, but we stay, still stayed together. So then it became this really gross, awful resentment, anxious, trying to find out if they kept cheating or seeing mm-hmm. this person cycle. And it, if, if, if you're dragging that dead horse around, just let it go. It's dead. Yeah. You leave it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I've, I mean... I've been cheated on a couple times, but I've it, both times. I, I, I don't know what it was. I didn't give them the chance in the just period. It was a, it was a non-issue for me of yeah. like, you cheat on me once. Cool. Done. Dunzo, Dunzo, don't need this. Yeah. We are Dunyan rings. And you can just have that moment of, well, where did that come from? Cause like, I'm usually very much about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm usually very, very cool with like, okay, look, you hurt me.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm willing to give you another chance. But that, for whatever reason, that was just, that was a non-issue. You cheat on me once, we're done.
1: Well, I think one of the first partners that ever cheated on me ended up blaming me for it, telling me that it was my fault that they did it. And I was at a point, it was in high school, oh. um where some of the worst abuse happened for me. So my self-worth and self-esteem was so incredibly low. I don't know if it could have been any lower that when I was told, yeah, I cheated on you because you did this and this and this, I said, oh, it was my fault. <laughs> and so I took that in.
0: You got gaslit to hell. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. And I believed it. And uh, we stayed together and I got cheated on a few more times by him and it was my fault. Mm -hmm. and so um so that's when it you know if you if you're so and that can happen to even you know even if it's not cheating and you're you're dealing with other issues like lying or like an an addiction where somebody has addiction Mm -hmm. they say no I I haven't done this I'm not doing this anymore and then you find the cigarettes or you know the coke or the Mm -hmm. whatever the issue is um it's 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 just so hard to rebuild trust. I think people forget that. Like you have to take care of it. It's so precious. Mm -hmm. And the way to build it and rebuild it is by just communicating and being honest. Honesty. Honesty. Like if your partner cheats on you and they say, this is what happened, this is why I did it. This is why I think I led up to it. I still love you. I want to build this with you. I understand if you don't want to do this with me, but can we please try again? And you say, you know what? Yes, but I need a hundred percent communication. If you Mm -hmm. aren't being fulfilled, if there's a problem, Mm -hmm. you know, then that's your, you can feel a safety net of we're completely honest with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. But if it's somebody who lies or somebody who gaslights and someone who gets mad at you for calling them out, then how do you build a trust?
0: You don't. At that point, like, you either break off or you bring in a third party, a mediator, a counselor. Yeah. You bring in somebody who you will pay, basically, to trust because that's their job.
1: And that's why therapy is great because you can trust.
0: Yep. You You can tell your therapist anything. Yeah. And that is confidential
1: so who do you think is worth rebuilding trust like what would be some circumstances
0: so <clears throat> I think one of the biggest things that would require a rebuilding of trust would be workplace environments mm-hmm. if somebody in your workplace does something that is you know devious or you know they betray you in some way or they you know they claim credit for something you've done and you know, school work same idea. Mm-hmm. You have to see these people day in, day out. And you have to do everything in your power to make sure that you can be friendly-ish to each other. So what do you do? It's kind of difficult because what sometimes those people, they don't want anything to do with you. They want to burn you. Yeah. And they want to make sure that you stay burned. So you have to really, at that point, realize that, okay, I can't trust this person. Mm-hmm. They are manipulative. They are monstrous in some way so you have to take care of yourself you have to document what you're doing you have to make sure that anytime you have an encounter with them mm-hmm. you are covering your own butt mm-hmm. so try every white flag you can do everything possible to be nice to that person as much as it must it very well will suck you just have to know that you're going to see that person every day All right and there's nothing you can do about it
1: and, I mean, it should be a two-way street, obviously, if there's yeah. going to be an issue. Like, people that you want to rebuild trust with are people who you can feel like are also on the same team of, we want to build trust yeah. together. Yeah. you Your a partner in a friendship or work or romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also another one would be if you're with a partner or a new partner and they haven't really done anything for you to not trust them, mm-hmm. but... Your trust is broken from previous relationships. Oh,
0: God, yes. That's a big one.
1: Rebuilding trust in yourself to protect yourself and building new trust with this person. I know that's that's hard for me.
0: It's incredibly difficult when you, when you go into a relationship after being burned really badly in the previous one. And you get that, you have that, that PTSD yeah. of just like, well, every time this person, you know, grabbed a broom. Yeah. I was likely to be hit by it. Yeah. Like if, if you're going into a new relationship and your partner, like if you drop a plate or something and it shatters and your partner grabs a broom and you flinch intrinsically, like yeah. that's a completely different issue that, you know, you want, want to communicate with your partner about yeah. you, you. You want to let them know that, Hey, I've had some bad times in the past. I want to trust you. Yeah. But the only way that I can trust you and move on from this is if we communicate.
1: Yeah. You have to, I try to be very honest and I know that mine stem from I've been with people who have told me all the nice things like I love you you're beautiful you're perfect for me I miss you I would do anything for you I would never hurt you Mm. and then they turn around and do the worst things possible so those words while I like hearing them and they're nice I'm gonna need to see some action yeah and I don't want to hear only words I want to build something with somebody so I would tell them I would be communicative which we always talk about being yeah. communicative.
0: Yeah. We always, we're always upfront just being like, look, <laughs> you guys got to talk to yourselves and each other. Yeah. Like this is really important.
1: And we look, we all need trust. It feels good to be trusted. It feels mm. good to trust somebody and have that relationship. Yeah. Um, and there are exercises you can do. I was kind of Googling and messing around with, you know, Ted talks. There's all kinds of stuff out there for you guys available to rebuild friendships, rebuild, uh, romantic relationships that you think, um, are worth rebuilding and protecting.
0: You th- Can you think of one in particular that, uh, you'd like to share or should we just put some links in the show? I notes? mean,
1: we could put some links. One of them is, uh, especially with romantic partners is eye contact, mm-hmm. having like a physical touch while you're having eye contact and talking about something that's deep to you sharing, um, or sharing a hard secret where they end up accepting you Mm, for that mm -hmm. secret like that feeling of acceptance builds that trust
0: that feeling of acceptance too it's it's such a uh such a weird place to go Mm -hmm. like when you're like i i don't know i've kind of fallen myself into this position where no matter what any of my friends have told me everything that they tell me is almost like universally strictly confidential and i would never tell a soul but It doesn't matter anymore. If I've accepted somebody into my life, I want to hear whatever they have to tell me and I will not judge them for it unless it's something, you know, dangerous to themselves or others, things like that. But like, for the most part, I try to be an open book Mm -hmm. of communication of, look, you can tell me anything Mm -hmm. and I promise you, Mm judgment-free. It's not a problem. Whatever you've got going in your life, either I've been there Or I can imagine being there. Yeah, and that's great. Like I feel so much better since I adopted that as more of my position than the idea of ugh, that's weird. Yeah, (laughs) like
1: I know. Yeah, I know. For me, I'm somebody who I don't even mean to, but I hide things that make me look vulnerable. Mm-hmm. to other people. So I, um, and it, what ends up happening is then I come out and my jokes become a little bit more sarcastic and they <laughs> become a little biting and they become kind of fishing. Like I'm trying to get you to reassure me for something that we haven't discussed yet
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: can feel safe again. And so catching myself and doing those things and then communicating that to the person and having it be a positive experience. That's really helpful.
0: Nice. well, is there anything else we wanted to touch on? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm going to put a marker here. That should do it for this week. Uh, as always, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like the Facebook page. If you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com.
1: Thank you so much for listening, you guys, and I hope your holidays are going well. And as always, don't,
0: don't tell, tell us, to us to just get, get over it. it.